We are in the process of inventing the future. Artificial intelligence takes us right to the boundaries of what we can do in science. There's nothing magic about what's happening. It's just math. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Sound of Science, a brand new podcast from Oak Ridge National Laboratory. We're your hosts, Morgan McCorkle and Jenny Woodbury. Throughout the series, we're going to explore some of the amazing stories behind the science that takes place at ORNL. Scientists and researchers at the lab will be joining us to discuss their groundbreaking work, from discovering new periodic table elements to fueling deep space missions. We're really excited to get to tell you these stories and hope you'll find them as fascinating as we do. Artificial intelligence. What comes to mind when you hear that term? Personal assistance, self-driving cars, sci-fi movies with robots that are going to take over the world, or all of the above. Alexa, what is artificial intelligence? Defined as the capacity of a computer to perform operations analogous to learning and decision-making in humans. Nothing like having an AI define AI. Alexa is correct. Artificial intelligence is the ability for a machine to learn, reason, and make decisions. But just because computers and machines can make decisions doesn't mean they're on a quest for world domination. This is where we run into a lot of misconceptions around artificial intelligence. The sci-fi genre often shows AI becoming self-aware and overtaking human intelligence. However, what we've learned by talking to a number of the lab's artificial intelligence developers and practitioners is that AI is only as good as the data it's given. There's nothing magic about what's happening. There isn't any sort of magic leap and it suddenly has this intelligent behavior that emerges. We're much less further along than I think media portrays us to be. That's Catherine Schumann. She's a computing researcher at Oak Ridge. Her work focuses on developing artificial intelligence, so we sat down with her to talk about what AI is and what it isn't. Artificial intelligence is a subset of computer science that's specifically looking at methods that learn from data rather than being explicitly programmed. Now, artificial intelligence is a broader term that encompasses many different techniques, uh, including machine learning techniques, and as well as more statistical-based methods. We hear the terms machine learning and deep learning used a lot when discussing AI. But what is the difference between the two? Machine learning is a subset of AI that in particular uh, takes information directly from the data itself. So the programmer doesn't explicitly put in any rules. It is just interpreting the data and, and coming up with its own model of how to deal with that data. Deep learning is a subset of machine learning that um, that deals with specifically neural networks, which is a, a machine learning method that's inspired by the way that uh, human biological neural networks process information. Catherine's AI research at the lab focuses on nature-inspired machine learning, which includes looking at how the brain learns and processes information. So in addition to computer science, she's also exploring the field of neuroscience for her work. We have a really nice working example of something that we know can do all of the things we want our machines to be able to do, and that's our brains. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's our nice example to say, okay, that works. Let's see if we can try to, to emulate some of the things it's doing to try to solve some of the problems we're interested in. Particularly in science, there's this explosion of data, and, and we simply do not have the manpower to go through all of the data that we're we're interested in analyzing. Um, and so we want to use you know, machine learning in order to help us analyze this data more quickly. Pop culture would have us believe that machines can become instantly intelligent. However, in the real world, the amount of time it takes a machine to learn something can be a little surprising. 
My favorite example of that is we use our algorithms to train a, a robot to navigate an unfamiliar environment and avoid obstacles along the way. And we did this successfully, and we can deploy it on the robot. But the amount of time it took for the robot just to learn how to turn left was kind of ridiculous in the grand scheme of things. She said just teaching a computer to distinguish between cats and dogs is a challenge as well. And because of this slow learning curve, there's no need to be afraid of a robotic uprising anytime soon. I frequently get asked about the singularity, which is, you know, the point at which the computers overtake human intelligence. And again, we just figured out how to have them distinguish between cats and dogs. And remember that that network can only do cats and dogs and, you know, animals, things like that. It can't do anything else. It's a long way to go before they overtake human intelligence. When it comes to using AI for science, ORNL has some pretty unique capabilities. For starters, the lab is home to the fastest supercomputer in the world, Summit. At 200 petaflops, Summit can perform 200 quadrillion floating point operations per second. So if every person on Earth completed one calculation per second, it would take the world population 305 days to do what Summit can do in one second. And in 2021, the lab will get its first exascale system, Frontier, which will be more than five times faster than Summit. This kind of tremendous compute power is ideal for handling massive data sets, which ORNL produces plenty of. The lab is home to several U.S. Department of Energy user facilities, like the Spallation Neutron Source and the Center for Nanophase Material Sciences. These facilities allow scientists from all over the world to perform cutting-edge science with state-of-the-art instruments and technology. The experiments performed at these facilities produce tons and tons of data, amounts of data that would take humans ages to sift through and analyze. To leverage these assets and turn all this data into science, ORNL established the AI Initiative. The AI Initiative brings the lab's AI expertise, computing resources, and user facilities together to facilitate the analysis of massive sets of data that would otherwise be unmanageable. What the Artificial Intelligence Initiative is trying to do is develop a core AI research capability to support the transition from data into science. It's kind of a, making a marriage, if you will, between our facilities and the scientific results that, that come out. That's David Womble. He leads the AI initiative. Almost every scientist here at Oak Ridge has incorporated some form of um, advanced data analytics, which you could call machine learning, into their research. So the question is now, how do we you know, move from that into the area where we are building out into AI, into decision-making process? The decision-making component of AI allows researchers to go beyond simply analyzing data. It enhances the researcher's ability to understand it and draw correlations that might have been missed by a human analyzing the data alone. I think it can do a lot to change what and how the scientist goes about their work. As you can imagine, no longer being responsible for the drudgery of the lab, just you know, day after day of literature survey and things like this, but something that can help assimilate the, that information and lead towards the hypotheses. Researchers from different areas at the lab are collaborating to harness the power of AI to solve complex problems in areas like advanced manufacturing, healthcare, and even plant biology. ORNL is home to the Manufacturing Demonstration Facility, or MDF, where industry can collaborate with researchers to develop cutting-edge manufacturing tools and techniques. Tom Kerfis has been working in the manufacturing field for more than three decades. He joined ORNL in 2018 as the lab's chief manufacturing officer. 
He says AI is giving researchers the big picture of manufacturing. Humans are great, right? So they have their eyes, their ears, they have all the senses and so forth, and they can tell, even smell. I can tell you when, when I work with some of my colleagues and so forth and we're wiring something up, you know, you all of a sudden you smell that burnt, you know, silicon. And you're like, uh-oh, we wired something up wrong. And so you say, okay, we better unplug it. And so these are all, you, you bring all of this information together from your sensory system. And now what AI can do is not just what I'm seeing and what I'm doing even what I'm smelling now, right? But over the entire production process, and I can bring all of that together for a much bigger picture. I see this as augmenting people. So the people will never go away, but we're just going to get better at it, and we're going to use AI to help us move forward quickly. Kerfus is leading the development of next-generation manufacturing platforms and implementing AI in processes like additive manufacturing or 3D printing. A 3D printer builds parts layer by layer using material like metal, plastic, or even wood. With AI, researchers can gain extremely detailed insights into the structure and quality of the part. AI allows you to make sure that you're doing things right. It allows you to know that, yeah, I just made this part and I know that this part is good. On the process side, I can turn around and I can say, oh, yes, this machine is running. You know, I need it to be running for the next three or four or five weeks. You know, yes, it can run for the next three or four or five weeks. Or I'm detecting a problem. Kerfus says ORNL is an ideal location for industry partners to learn about implementing AI in manufacturing. Applications for artificial intelligence, in particular the manufacturer area, this Oak Ridge National Lab is a perfect place for it. I mean, we lead the nation, we lead the world in a number of different sectors in manufacturing, additive manufacturing and robotics automation and so forth. So all of these different areas that are new and that we're trying to really scale up the technology readiness level to get it out into production and to really make something with this, we're the leader there. And so why would you go anywhere else with your artificial intelligence to learn about the, the different processes that we're developing. And then the other beauty about Oak Ridge, and in particular the manufacturing demonstration facility, it is our objective to scale technology and, and to get it out. So it's not just that we're developing it, but this helps us to develop it, make it useful for industry, and then get it out to our industrial partners so we can move the nation's economy forward. Like in manufacturing, AI enables researchers in the biomedical field to quickly find and identify minute details in medical images. Gina Tarasi is the group leader for biomedical sciences, engineering, and computing. She's also the director of the Health Data Sciences Institute at ORNL. Gina's work in AI is enhancing how physicians diagnose and treat cancer patients. Hundreds of thousands of women who are impacted by breast cancer on a yearly basis in the U.S. The screening tool of choice, uh, the standard of care, is screening mammography, which is an X-ray image of the breasts. Very few people know that when it comes to the diagnostic interpretation of medical images, the diagnostic interpretation of screening mammograms is the most challenging problem for health professionals. It's looking for a needle in a haystack. While radiologists are highly trained to analyze mammograms, Gina said results can vary depending on who is reading them because of a person's perceptual and cognitive differences. What my group has been doing is essentially leveraging AI to integrate the radiologist's perceptual and cognitive behavior with the information from the medical image. Our technology has great potential to reduce the risk of medical error. Two human experts will read the same mammogram and make different uh, decisions or different errors for different reasons. We want to make sure that we address the individual needs of uh, the physician who reads one case at a time. 
This is a real game changer because it can provide truly personalized medical decision support for the physician and patient. Gina says the role of AI in healthcare is to enhance the healthcare provider's ability to serve their patients. It's not about replacing the individual, it's about augmenting the individual in an intelligent way. AI is transforming healthcare delivery. However, I don't expect to see anytime soon AI replacing physicians or nurses in day-to-day healthcare delivery. AI is even popping up in some pretty unexpected places, like ORNL's greenhouses. One of the lab's greenhouses recently got a high-tech upgrade with an automated imaging system. To get an idea of what this looks like, imagine a conveyor belt system winding through a greenhouse. Plants are grown in pots along the conveyor belt and pass through an imaging station once a day. The station takes measurements of the plant's observable traits, or phenotype. So things like height, biomass, and leaf shape are all recorded. This process will run 365 days a year and produce around three and a half petabytes of data per year, or three and a half million gigabytes. Julie Mitchell is the director of biosciences at ORNL. She and her team will employ AI to call through all the data collected. The data is so massive that you, you couldn't possibly digest that as a human. You couldn't make the associations. You, you couldn't look at the sheer volume of data that comes out of the assembly line. So in that sense, artificial intelligence or some type of data analytics is necessary in order to make those associations. This will allow researchers to rapidly correlate the characteristics of the plants being studied and desirable traits like drought resistance and pest resistance. And so that will allow us eventually to take that out into the field and be able to see whether or not we need to apply different treatments, different fertilizer, different watering, or be able to identify whether or not the crops in the field are, have a resistance to drought. If we can control the, the traits of plants through genetic engineering, which is guided by AI, we could potentially be growing plants on marginal lands, areas where we can't currently farm. Not only are ORNL researchers performing cutting-edge AI research, they're also helping train the next generation to take advantage of AI in their own careers. AI researcher Catherine Schumann, who we talked to earlier, does a lot of outreach work with middle school and high school students to get them excited about the field. One of the interesting things about talking to middle and high schoolers now is you can kind of point to examples where they're interacting with AI and machine learning in their everyday lives. So whether that be on YouTube with the recommendations to, you know, asking Alexa or Siri to play a certain song, they have these examples in their everyday lives that they are actually dealing with that are using machine learning and AI. So that that gives them a starting point to understand, okay, there's something behind this that's making this work. What is it that's making it work? During these events, students learn how artificial intelligence works through hands-on experience. And we even get to the point where they start messing with a little bit of code in machine learning to kind of show how easy it is to get started and to do something pretty intelligent pretty quickly. We start with cats versus dogs. <laughs> As the, as the typical example, because um, people like cat pictures. As AI becomes more prevalent in science, having a working knowledge of it will become a necessity. AI won't replace scientists and workers, but scientists and workers who use AI will replace those that don't. And so it's really important to understand how AI and machine learning methods work, what their limitations are, in order to use them effectively. So as we've heard from our researchers, AI is changing the scientific landscape through its ability to make sense of massive amounts of data. 
People have referred to AI combined with data as sort of the oil of the future. And so if data is the oil, then platforms like Summit and Frontier are really the engines that transform oil into goods and services. And we are at the leading edge of that transformation. That's Awarnell Director Thomas Zachariah. He sees Oak Ridge as uniquely equipped to lead AI for science as one of the Department of Energy's national laboratories. DOE generates a lot of amazing data at its use of facilities. And so in order to be a leader, you also not only must have unmatched computing capability, but also you need unmatched data. And we have a collection of data, particularly to drive science. And ultimately, it all comes down to talented people. I don't think that there is any other organization in the world that has access to as many talented people as DOE has across its 17 laboratories. So if DOE does not lead and drive this innovation, who will? From greenhouses to hospitals, AI is truly transforming every area of science at the lab. We are in the process of inventing the future, influencing how the future evolves, and it is going to have profound impact in terms of how we live, how we work, how people are cared for, how you consume information. So I think it's an exciting time. Thank you for listening to the first episode of The Sound of Science. We'd love to hear your feedback in the comments section. Don't forget to subscribe so you can get the latest episodes when they're released. And if you want even more up-to-the-minute news from the lab, follow ORNL on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Until next time.